Well, actually, I didn't have a, a title for this, but Lindsay helped me um, title this this morning. He said, you should call it Coming Out of the Matrix. I'm like, okay. And then I think he just turned me down. Coming out of the matrix and going into the ecosystem. So, and I've, I've, was thinking about that when Lindsay was saying it. And you know how I'm, I know that, you know, we'll just, we're using this as an object lesson, just so everybody understands. Um, who's seen the, the, the movie The Matrix? Okay, it's okay if you have, don't worry. No, you know, I've seen it, I like it, or I'm just saying. All right, so you know how in The Matrix, um, when they're in The Matrix, everybody looks different. It's how it's the, they're dressed in all black. They're, they've got their nice shiny, like, and Jake is just really wanting, I heard you in my head, because Jake is really wanting the worship team to wear all black leather pants. I don't know if Miss Dorinthia is going to, you know, fly with that, but, but you know, I know she, she said she was going to want to, want to do that, and Jake is just really pushing for these all black leather pants. Sorry, I am rabbit trailing so bad. It is hilarious. I'm seeing pictures all over the place. We'll get to that in a minute. Um, but once they come out of out of the matrix, right? What do they look like? Their clothes are tattered. They're worn. It's kind of the reality of being in the world and then coming out of the world and seeing. Like it's like going from being because if you see when when Keanu Reeves is taken out of the Matrix and he's um, he's almost still in infancy stage he's never used his legs before he's never used his lungs before he's in he's in the embryonic stage okay so again let me let me just preface with this is off the top of my head this is just Lindsay was saying you know so this is just an example all right I don't I'm you know I'm just letting you know but I want to get you give you a picture of being in the world and what the world perceives you as and how the world perceives you and what the world wants from you and what the world demands from you. And then he came out of that. And he's in that embryonic stage and he pulls out and he's like, why, why do my eyes hurt? He says, you've never used them before. Why, do my, why, why, why can't I walk right? You've never used them before. So that's a good place to start. Some of us have never used our eyes before. Some of us have never used our ears before. Some of us have never walked before. Some of us have never used our physical attributes, the things that, that are there, that God-given abilities that God has placed inside of us because we've been stuck under the yoke of what the world says, under the yoke of what the world wants, under the yoke of what the world demands. And God has just taken me in a totally different direction. Okay, so. But we are in February. What month is February? Valentine's Day. Be loving some black folks. I'm just saying. I got me a black Sicilian. You know what I'm saying? That's my, that's my beautiful wife. Let me read this to you because we're going to try and we're, we're, I am going to do my best from the man's standpoint to wrap this into a love story as February is the is definitely the month of Valentine's Day. So I'm going to try, try my best to wrap this all together in the love story as they call the Bible, the the uh, the love letter to his people. Right. So let me read this to you. It says love is blind. 
Phil, a smart and handsome young man dressed in the latest fashion, walked into his local pub. He noticed a woman gazing at him without a blink in her big eyes. Phil felt flattered, so he walked up to the woman and said in his deepest voice, I'll do anything you want. (laughs) The beautiful lady, for just $10, but on one condition. The woman appeared to be trapped in the moment and asked "Is there, as if there was a trance. What is your condition? Phil answered, tell me your wish in just three words. There was a long pause. The woman opened her purse, counted out the money, handed it to the man along with her address. She then looked deep into his eyes and whispered, clean my house. Man, right? Three words, clean my house. Oh, wow. So it kind of just shows, man, where, where kind of our thought processes are, where our, you know, it's like, she was like, man, I could ask for anything. This fool don't know what he just asked. For $10, you can do all three floors. Man, we're calling this um, sermon series Changing the Atmosphere. And when I, when I gave, uh, what was it? Is it Changing the Atmosphere? Shifting the Atmosphere? Setting the Atmosphere? All the Atmospheres? I'll take it. Um, I went to Pastor Joy and Josh and was talking about, we are talking about atmospheres and ecosystems, and these are words that, that usually God gives to Papa Frank. And if for anybody who knows Papa Frank, he is the science guru, can, you know, collate the scriptures with, uh, with science, and he puts the two and two together, and he makes you understand, and it's, it's, it's awesome, right? So I went to them, and me and Pastor Joy have been talking about how God has given us the scientific terminology that neither one of us is, you know, I'm just going to say it this way, you know, smart enough to really know what the heck he was saying. Because I was like, what in the heck is an ecosystem? I'm like, because I I, in my dreams I'm hearing ecosystem. I'm, I'm at work and I'm driving to different customers and I'm hearing ecosystem. And I'm like, okay, Lord. So I got this. Building an ecosystem to shift the atmosphere so you can invade a culture. Say it again. Building an ecosystem... To shift the atmosphere so you can invade a culture. God's vision for us is so much bigger, so much broader, wider. He is so massive that he always thinks in three and four dimensions. Right? He's not, he's not just thinking in one-dimensional, two-dimensional. A lot of us, a lot of times in our human finite minds, we're usually thinking in one or two dimensions. You know, I got to get from point A to point B so I can get home. I got to go to the home to the, to the store, and I got to go from the store to you know to the school, then from school to home. Right? Thinking in parrot mode. But what I'm about to present to you, I'm going to let you into the thought process behind coming out of the matrix. Okay? You want to turn to me, Isaiah 14:12 through 14. I'm going to make this legal. I promise. <laughs> Prophetic people have a tendency to not, you know, attach the scriptures to what they're saying, but 
We want to do that so that way we know that it's, it is lined up with the scriptures. It's in alignment with what God is saying. Isaiah 14, 12 through 14. How you are fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, Satan, son of the morning. How you are cut down to the ground. You who weaken the nations. For you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit on, my, on the mount of the congregation of the farthest sides of the north. And I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. And I will be like the most high. Is there a problem there, anybody? Bueller? Bueller? <laughs> anybody? <laughs> you know, a lot of us, a lot of times we, we allow our, our physical emotions to come into play. And we decide we're going to make ourselves higher than what we should be. We're going to try and place ourselves in positions that we should be, we, should, we really are not ready for yet. Or really we don't even need to go into yet. Okay, the cool thing about this is, is Satan's name in Isaiah, they call him Lucifer. Okay, the name Lucifer actually means light bearer, the one who brought praise or brings praise. So we're starting from the beginning. Because when you talk about an ecosystem, you have, does any, can anybody tell me what you think an ecosystem is? Anybody, doesn't matter if you. Say it again, Jay. It is an environment, but not enclosed. Anybody else? Any of our... Yep. Come on. I, I like a little interaction. I, I need you to talk to me. What, what it, Becca? Self-sustaining, an environment. Okay? An ecosystem, the scientific name for it is a biological, right, living organism that cohabitates with the with the living and the unliving. What that means is, like us, we're cohabitating in this place. For the last 10 years, the vision ministries, the uh, staff of vision ministries, if you will, the body of vision ministries, has been creating an ecosystem. Right? We'd be, we've been creating... A, a, a place where the living organism, bio, biological organisms and the unliving biological organisms can come together and cohabitate. Right? What does that mean in English? That means that we have been setting up, breaking down, tilling the ground to shift so when we come in this place and people come in, and they begin to feel the presence of God. He begins to heal. He begins to deliver. He begins to set free. He begins to show you who you are. He begins to take you out of the matrix and set you into his ecosystem. The Holy Spirit kept saying, you guys have been doing this since you've been here. You've been setting an ecosystem up for me. So that I could come into a place, so I could come into this house and allow each one of you to be able to tap into me. Does that make sense? So to get that out of the way, but let me show you about this love story, okay? I want to show you how intricate this love story really is. Okay, Lucifer, his name was Lightbearer, the one who brought praise, right? In the scriptures it says, right, 
I'm, gonna, I'm not going to jump across, jump ahead of myself. Okay. Jesus is what the way, the truth, the life. He said, "I have the light of the I am the light of the world. No man comes to the Father but through me." So in the beginning, in Genesis one, if we go to Genesis one, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. A lot of times. We read that. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Okay, cool. In the beginning. Awesome. But what we don't understand is just the phrase, in the beginning, actually means, it comes from the word, if you guys want my notes so you know that this is all legal, it's all, it's all documented, um, Reshayeth, which means first fruit. So what it's saying is, in the beginning... God grabbed the first fruit and he shook the foundations of the heavens and the earth and he created the heavens and the earth. Right? So he grabbed the first fruit. What do you call that? The universe? He shook the universe. Does that sound like anything that anybody's ever heard of before? Yeah. Okay. Jewish people, when they wrote the Torah... And they and, and God gave them the Hebrew language, had no idea about the Big Bang Theory. But God did. So he said, I'm going to take this, I'm going to shake the universe, bang, and I'm going to make you my first fruit. So you have to think, when, he, when, the, when he was in heaven and Lucifer was cast out, Jesus said in Luke 10, 18, he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. And the glory left him. So Lucifer was cast out of heaven. A third of his angels were cast out of heaven. He fell from heaven. The lightning, the light, him no longer being the light bearer, him no longer being the one who brings praise, was cast out of heaven. God took the first fruit, shook the universe, created a Big Bang Theory, the real Big Bang Theory, right? God created the heavens, the atmosphere, and the earth, the ecosystem. And in Genesis 1-3, he said, let there be light, and there was light. The word light actually means the light of the heavens and happiness. Hmm. So he cast Satan out of heaven, Lucifer, who no longer is the light bearer. He created the heavens and the earth because at this point, the heavens and the earth were null and void. There was nothing but chaos. And he brought it and he said, let there be light. And he saw that it was good. Okay, so he actually spoke light into existence and released joy. He spoke light into existence and he released happiness. Right? When Jesus said, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven, what was he saying? I took the happiness out of him because his pride tried to get him to put himself at a higher level than what he was supposed to be. Jesus said that you are the light of the world. 
Does a man take his light and put it underneath a bushel? No. So for those of us who are Christians, for those of us who know Jesus, he took what Satan had, or Lucifer, because at the time Lucifer was on his archangels, he was in heaven, he took that from him, he cast him out of heaven, and he put it in you. Does that make sense? Genesis 1.26, let us create man in our image and in our likeness. So when he placed the light in you, right, he gave you a soul. He gave you, he's, Jesus is what? The lover of? So he placed it in you. So he took it. Do you see the love story here? Do you see, do you see from the foundation, where the scripture says, I knew you before you were formed in your mother's womb. I knew you before the foundations of the world. Do you see how much more real that scripture really is? Because he really did before the foundations of the world, but when everything was null and void, he took it from Lucifer who was cast out of heaven and he began to shape and form the, the universe and then he shaped the earth and he said the heavens and the earth and he saw that it was good and all the different things that, I, that when it talks about in Genesis 1, okay? But something happened. When Satan was cast out of heaven, right? He was cast down to, to earth, right? He was cast into chaos, so when God created the earth and he put Adam and Eve in the garden and he began to form the garden, he said, name the plants and the, the birds and the animals. And he said, you know, do all these things and, you know, procreate and, you know, flood the earth with, with people. Satan came to Eve. We all know the story. He said, you know, did he really say that you couldn't eat of the tree of good and evil? So we actually said, we couldn't eat of it, can't touch it. Okay, but there was a little bit of a twist there where deception began to come in. Where where Eve began to say things that God didn't say. And Satan began to put put questions in her mind that, that God never planted or meant for them to be there. Because the great, because when he left heaven and he was Lucifer and he came down and he became Satan, Right? The name changed. So after they ate of the tree of good and evil, right? It says in Genesis 2.25, and they were both naked and were not ashamed. Well, actually before that, because God created them, so they were both naked and not ashamed. In Genesis 3.7-11, through 11, and the eyes of them both were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. And they heard the voice of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day. I, I, want, I want you to grasp the concept of, this, of this, this love encounter that the father was having with Adam and Eve. It literally says that his voice was walking in the cool of the day. It doesn't say that God was walking in the cool of the day. It says his voice. The sound of... This is a different little different uh, translation, but it says, and he heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the in the garden. And then in the King James that I have it, it says, and they and they um, and they heard the voice of the Lord. 
So his very being, he was at his, his, his most intimate form, if you will, with Adam and Eve before the fall of, of the earth. All of this is creating an ecosystem. There was an ecosystem in heaven. Satan screwed up, or Lucifer screwed up. He got kicked out of heaven, right? There was an ecosystem that God created that the, where they could be in communion with him, that they could love him, that they could worship him, that they could bring light and happiness and joy through their relationship with him, okay? Then he created earth after Satan was cast out of, of heaven. And then he went after Adam and Eve. But when they heard him, his very being, his very presence... And the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, We're out there. Where are you? Sorry. And he said, I heard the voice in the I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked and hid myself. And he said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree? Where have I commanded you not to? Another shift in the ecosystem. God created this perfect garden. He created this perfect place. They were to commune with God at its highest point. They were, com- they were to be intimate with, with the Father at, his, at its deepest point. And sin came into the world. So what happened? The ecosystem was tainted. The ecosystem was broken. After that, God took Adam and Eve, put them outside of the garden, put a big angel at the door, said, you can't come back in. This is what you're going to have to deal with. Women, you're going to have to deal with pregnancy and the pain of labor. Men, you're going to have to till the ground of the earth for the rest of your days. You see a shift in the ecosystem here? There was perfection. You didn't have to do anything. Name some animals, make some babies, no pain. All the ladies said... Come on. But because we got in the way. Because we decided to put our hands in it. Because we decided to try and change it. Well, God said, you know, I, you know it can't be that bad. I, I, why can't I eat of this tree? Why can't I do this? Why can't I, why can't I know he said, because you'll, you're, you will know who you're supposed to be. Well, God already knew who he wanted you to be. So many times when you're in an ecosystem, when they were in this ecosystem, because you have biological, bio, living biological things associating with unliving biological things, right? We begin to want to change it and shift it. We begin to want to make it something that it's not supposed to be and we want to we try and, you know, re facet things and like I tried lifting this pulpit up it's heavy I wasn't meant to lift it until Pastor Earl told me hey this thing slides (laughs) 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 ah just because you go to the gym doesn't mean you have to lift everything that you (laughs) is put in front of you some things were meant to be easy we make them hard God meant for things to be easy. We make them hard. We make them hard because we want to hurt one another. We want to judge one another. We want to try and 
put our expectations on one another. We're creating ecosystems of the world when the body of Christ was never meant to be in the ecosystem of the world. You are meant to come out of the matrix of the world and come into the ecosystem of God. Paul said, I no longer live. Christ lives in me. Right? I died with him in his death and I rose with him in his resurrection. Right? Should I let let sin abound any longer? No, by no means. So I want to encourage you as we transition. This That was the scientific kind of side of this thing where from the beginning I wanted you to see the foundation, how God laid it out for you from Isaiah all the way into the first chapter of Genesis where he showed that, look, because Satan fell, and he was cast out of heaven, the light of the world was taken from him, or the light of heaven, he actually lit heaven. They say Satan had pipes in his very being. He was the worship leader in heaven. He brought joy and happiness in heaven. He was the one who led the angels, the archangels, the seraphim, and the cherubim in worshiping the Father. Holy, 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 holy is the Lord God Almighty of hosts. But because he got a big head, God took that light from him. That's why in John 1.1, Jesus said, it says that, like in chronological order, like if you look at the Bible in chronological order, John 1.1 is before even Genesis. And in the beginning, the word was with God, the word was God, and all things were formed through him. I know I missed a part of that. So he saw it. I saw him cast out of heaven like lightning. Do you see the love story? I need to reiterate this. Do you understand? Some of you right now, I'm feeling like, but what does this pertain to me? He created the foundations of the world for you. What does this mean to you? What does does this have anything to do with me? My little life. Um, He took what makes him happy. And he put it in you. He took what brought joy and light in the heavens, right? And he put it in you. And then Jesus said that I will be one with you and you will be one with me and you will be the light of the world. Have you ever known, like there's that song, it's an old school song, Pastor Josh talks about it sometimes where it says, you know, I'll go, I'll swim over the mountain, or through the waters and over the mountains, and what's that, it's an older song. AJ, you know what that song is? No, it's it's a secular song. Yeah, what's, what what is it, talk to me, what what is the? oh man, but. Jesus really did that. He really took the universe and he created the earth for you. He created, he separated the firmament and the waters for you. He took chaos and made it uh, 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 happiness. He took, there you go, ain't no mountain high enough. Right, that's old school. Come on. Yeah. There you go. Yep. 
I ain't going to sing it. <laughs> um, only if AJ sings with me. No. That's my homie. I just I mean to put him out there. but um, So, yeah. So, in that song, he's saying, you know, what? Ain't no mountain high enough. Ain't no valley low enough. I don't know the rest. Ain't no river wide enough. Me from... There you go. Okay. <laughs> Do you see the love story here? Do you see the love story here? Man. That he actually created the Big Bang theory. The real one. Right? Not the theory. The real one. Thank you, Pastor Joy. For you. He actually created this full ecosystem, this biological ecosystem, for each and every one of us. Because he loved us so much. Even before he sent his son Jesus to die for us. Imagine that. He had you in his thoughts because I knew you before the foundations of the world. He had you in mind. And even when the matrix or the world grabbed a hold of it, and he said, now I have to send my son Jesus to die for the sins of the world, he loved you even more. We always, we always start with the death and resurrection of Jesus. He started with the foundations of the world. He started from the beginning. Man, from the very structures of the universe. I think some of you are getting this right now because I'm feeling the atmosphere shift in this place. Building an ecosystem to shift the atmosphere. So we've built, we're building even an ecosystem right now. And the atmosphere, I don't know if you felt that, but the atmosphere is shifting because some of your hearts are beginning to understand, wait, when I thought that he didn't know me, when I thought that he didn't love me, when I thought that he didn't have anything for me, when I thought God was just this far away, finite thing, this entity that I couldn't touch or be close to or know, now your heart, your spirit, man, your soul, your mind, your will and emotions is grabbing a hold of the revelation that, wait, it wasn't that just that he sent his son Jesus to die for me. Wait, it was that he created the whole universe and the world for me so that we could glorify him, so that we could lift him up, so that we could invade a culture, so that we could shift, man, so that we could shift it. Come on. That's worth, that, Jesus, yes, Lord, you are worthy. Come on. Man. All right, so let's get into some practical stuff. Shall we? Let's transition into some practical stuff. Excuse me. (laughs) After she woke up, a woman told her husband, I just dreamed you gave me a diamond necklace for Valentine's Day. 
what do you think it means? You'll, tonight, you'll know tonight, he said. That evening, the husband came home with a small package and gave it to his wife. Delighted, she opened it to a book entitled The Meaning of Dreams. Sometimes we're just dumb, man. If she, if, she, if she was ethnic, that book would have went upside his head. You know what I'm saying? A man and his wife were having an argument about who should brew the coffee each morning. The wife said, you should do it because you are up first. And we do not have to wait as long for the coffee. The husband said, you're in charge of cooking around here, so you should do it because that's your job. I can just wait for my coffee, the wife replies. No, you should do it. And besides, it says in the Bible that the man should do the coffee. (laughs) Husband replies, "I I can't believe that. Show me. So she fetched the Bible and opened the New Testament and showed him at the top of several pages that it indeed says Hebrews. That was good. So now every man in this house who has to make coffee, you're stuck. <laughs> we haven't even made it. You haven't even made it there yet. I know you're feisty wife. <laughs> right? All right. So as we apply this, okay, we, we went through the, the, the scientific side of this thing where really God took the scriptures and he really showed us how from the beginning, how much he loved us, right? So now, as we, as we make this more practical to our everyday life and to our homes and to our families, and we realize that a lot of times, well, every time, each one of us, can, is, uh, the, married, the, the married couples, well, actually, yeah, the married couples, can you raise your hand? Okay. Right. Uh, so the most of the singles really don't have that that much of you know I, of the issue because you create your own kind of ecosystem in your home. You dictate what happens. You you know you make your food when you want. You wash your drawers when you want to wash them. You wash your right. But in in married homes, right in families, we have ecosystems there. This is where the New Testament comes in. Right? This is where, where if we go to um, Colossians 3.12 and 16. Now, and I need you to understand this, that this, this, this is important. Colossians was not for the Jews. Right? The Colossians were not Jews. They were, they were Gentiles. Right? They were, they were, okay? It says, since God chose you to be a holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted, Mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord gave you so you mu- forgave you so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. As for members of the body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful 
Let the message about Christ in all its riches fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all wisdom he gives. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God which, with thankful hearts. So, there's a, state, there's, a, there's a saying that, or a statement, there's, there's a couple statements we're going to start off with here. First one is, Jake Hamilton said, they want the fruit without the root system. That's the one we were talking about before. So we have, we have ecosystems in each one of our homes, right? You create that ecosystem. It's up to you to maintain that ecosystem. It's up to you to do what you want with that ecosystem. It's your house. You can do whatever the heck you want, right? In my house. Until Jesus comes in. Then it's his house. Right? So, when Jesus comes in, right? Another statement, that, that older statement, it says that our, our floor is our children's ceiling. Right? We're listening to Jake Hamilton again. He loves the family. The family is a major thing to him. But he said, your floor shouldn't be your children's ceiling. This is what the Lord said. said, He said, well, the Holy Spirit said, no, your floor shouldn't be your children's ceiling, but your roof should be their springboard. What is it that stops your children, your family from being to the floor? Your family from being the floor? to the ceiling, making your family the ceiling, whether it's your husband, your wife, whether it's your children, right? What is it that, that, that stops them from be, their, your roof being their springboard? Junk. What is it when, when in the home, that ecosystem, right? When that ecosystem, if you, if you base it off Colossians 3, if that ecosystem is based on forgiveness, if that ecosystem is based off love and compassion and mercy and grace, if that ecosystem, when you allow, let's say even if you're allowing people to come into your home, right, and they see, they get to see the most inner parts of your life. A lot of times uh, people will have, you know, missionaries come in. I, Pastor, Pastor Joy shared last week about when Zach and Danica came to their house, She thought they thought that they were walking into a war zone. She was just breaking down because she didn't want to give them little chicken nuggets, Right? So sometimes, you know, they're like, oh God, what, what, what do we do now? Because Zach and Danica, they're kind of they're kind of laid back. They're kind of, you know, chill, right? Except when it comes to worshiping Jesus. Okay? So a lot of times what I'm getting at here is that the ecosystems that we have set up in our homes, because they are based off the matrix of the world, are based on selfishness. When you're home and Jesus, you say that Jesus is the author of your home. He is the perfecter of your home. He is the one who runs your home. He is the one who, who directs your home, right? Whether it's, whether it's um, husband or wife, however it is, he's saying that you would be in perfect harmony. What does that look like in an ecosystem? What does that look like? When you have a family, I have, I have four women in my house. I was talking to my daughter, Anaya, sweet Anaya, sweet, sweet Anaya. And everybody who knows, they're like, they said, my sweet baby, that, that Anaya, she's just, I said, I call Anaya Dex. Because I'm joking with her, but has anybody ever seen, what's that cartoon? 
No, no. Um, uh, uh, the, the mom, she stretches and the son, they got all the superpowers. The Incredibles. What happens to Dex, that sweet, pretty baby, when that, when that man steals him and takes him? What happens to that cute, adorable little baby? Jack-Jack. There you go. That thing goes buck wild crazy. Devil, steel, fire. I mean, and that's my adorable Anaya. So in our ecosystem, I think I'm being gentle. I think I'm being gracious and merciful. And Angel's like, you're really being kind of aggressive. I have to figure out, even as the head of my home in that ecosystem, I have to figure out how to get Anaya to turn back from Jack-Jack back to sweet, pretty Anaya. Because when I think I'm whispering and I think I'm loving her and I think that I'm being gentle with her, an angel goes, baby, that, you're just you're being really kind of aggressive. So it, it, what I may think as being gentle, I have to reanalyze what actually is gentle and what actually is is kind and what actually is merciful and what act, because sometimes for me a lot of times. I've been called in the last two months soft more times by people that know me. And I'm like, before I was too rough, before I was too aggressive, now y'all calling me soft. You got to give me some middle ground here. You got to work with me. I'm like, come on. So when, I, when I'm talking to Anaya and I'm like, baby, I love you. I'm like, sweet Jesus, help me. But what I had to understand is, it wasn't what I was saying, it was, it was what I was doing. Because instead of me just talking to her, she just wanted me to pick her up and hold her. I had to readjust to the ecosystem that was being created in my house. Leah, who is my more aggressive one, right? And everybody knows Leah, that's why I'm using her by name, because they know Leah is like, tell you, come at you. But you know what? She is the most sensitive, gentle, loving girl. She has a, a heart for the lost, like I've never seen. And if I don't adjust the ecosystem in a way that fits into her heart, it breaks her. So when you're looking in your home and you're thinking, I don't have to be nice. Well, they can do whatever they want to do or Those babies are crazy. They can just go without. In order for the ecosystem in our lives, in our our homes, in our families, we have to look at that ecosystem, readjust it to what's going on, to what the scriptures say, to what Colossians says, and realize that I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. So when we readjust... 
right? Sometimes we have to go from this, I'm going to do it this way. When you're fighting with your spouse, sometimes you have to go from this to this. That I would lie down for my marriage. That I would lie down for my family. That I would lie down for what it is that God has for my home. That I would place myself in a position of humility even if I'm not right or even if I am right. But it's not about being right. It's about mending the tear. It's about coming together in that 100% plus that 100%. It's where a negative plus a negative, when you lie down your life, becomes a positive. When the negative of your heart, the anger, the rage, the frustration and the anger and the rage and the frustration because you're not seeming to be able to fix it because of the junk that's going on or whatever it is where you're able to go from the negative to the negative and making it a positive by saying, I'm willing to lie down. Jesus said, That I give my life for you. What no greater love that there would be that a man would give his life for a friend. Go ahead and stand up with me. No greater love. In order for us to set the atmosphere, in order for us to shift the atmosphere, in order for us to change the atmosphere, we have to first shift our ecosystems. Whether it be in our lives, whether it be in our homes, whether it be in, in our relationships, where we no longer use the pattern of the world. The scriptures say it, that I would no longer be conformed to the ways of this world, but I would be transformed by the renewing of my mind through your word. I just, I want you to just, everybody just close your eyes. Holy Spirit, that you would begin to show us As the gentleman you are, you would begin to show us what we need to do to lie down. What we need to do to love properly. What we need to do to align ourselves with Colossians. Where we no longer live, but you live in us. 
there's a river up here right now. In the spirit, there's a river. It's, 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 it's flowing just gently. And a lot of times there's rocks and there's stones, but the, over time that water begins to flow over the rocks and the stones and those rocks and stones begin to become smooth. This altar area is open. It is open not because we want to put anybody out there, but it's open because it is a footstep, it is a walking point where we say, Jesus, I want you to do whatever it is you need to do to fix whatever it is you need to fix so that my heart, that my being would be in alignment with you so that the ecosystem in my family, the ecosystem in my home, the ecosystem in my life would become into alignment with what you had for us set up before the foundations of the world. So if you would like to, I want to invite you, I'd just like you to come up and just, the, the presence of the Lord is here. I would like to invite you to come up and just, just kneel before the Lord. Allow Him to be the doctor. Allow Him to be the one who washes over you like a rough stone and smooths you out. That the ecosystem in your family, in your life, in your homes, in your children, that He would begin to reshape. He would begin to remold. He would begin to make whole. So that you would be able to shift an atmosphere. So that your children and your family will be able to invade a culture. It would invade the culture because the ecosystem that you've set up is no longer earthly, but it's heavenly. So Father, I thank you right now. I just feel you just healing. Just healing and mending. Father, I thank you that right now you are just making whole. You are shifting. You're removing people from the ecosystem of the world and you are shifting them into your ecosystem. You are transforming them into who they're supposed to be even right now. You're taking it and you're, you're showing them where it needs to be shifted and molded and fashioned so that our ecosystems are no longer transformed by this world but we are renewed by your word and by your, by your spirit. So Father, we thank you Have your way, Holy Spirit. Have your way, Holy Spirit. Have your way.